you all want to start by closing your eyes and getting settled in your space, wherever that is. And I want you to just become aware of your breath. Notice just how your body feels after this day. Breathe in and out. Notice how your hands feel. Notice how your feet feel, your legs, your neck and shoulders. Maybe bring your shoulders up to your ears for a bit and then let them go. Try that again, bring them up and down. And now we're gonna do a form of breathing technique. Maybe you've heard of it before. It's the four, seven, eight breathing, where we breathe in slowly for four, and then we breathe out, or the, excuse me, we breathe in slowly for four, we hold it at the top for about seven, and then we let it go for eight. And I'm gonna guide you in that so you don't have to be doing the counting, but this is a technique that I help clients use when they're feeling anxious or when they need to reground because our attachment styles are really showing us our nervous systems, right? When we're anxious, we get activated. When we're avoidant, we numb. So this is a great thing to use for yourself if you ever need it. So go ahead now and you're gonna slowly breathe in and fill your lungs up and hold. And slowly release. And when you're just out of breath, you're gonna take another big deep breath in. And you're gonna hold it. And you're gonna let it go. We're going to do that one more time together. Breathe in and hold and slowly release. And just notice how you're feeling now. You can just take another breath and sigh it out if you feel comfortable. When you're ready, you can go ahead and open your eyes. All right, I am going to read our card pool for the day quickly, and then we're gonna get into the work for today. So the card that I had pulled earlier this week for today is purpose, purpose. And it's number 31. I'm gonna read it real quick here. I love this card. Purpose. I have unlimited potential and claim my purpose. All I need is within me. We're each a vessel with unlimited capacity to express our potential. Our highest purpose is always evolving, shaped by our desire to move beyond illusions of fear and into our true nature of love. Now is the time to fully realize your potential. It simply awaits your acceptance of it. This awareness growing inside of you is a result of the love you've consistently given yourself. As you dissolve feelings of doubt or defeat, step into this truth and sincerely believe in who you are. Know that the world needs your special gifts. Continue to strengthen your confidence, claim your ever-evolving purpose, and give yourself permission to feel your full range of feelings. All you need is within you. Okay, so again, I didn't purposely pull this card for this week. I just pulled five, and I felt like this one was the most um, perfect one for today as we talk about what it looks like to truly move into security and essentially claim our purpose. And 
you know, a lot of the time in our capitalist world, purpose can mean what job you have, right? At least that's how I used to interpret it. Um, but purpose to me means whatever your soul was meant to do in this lifetime, whatever lessons you were supposed to learn, whatever path you were supposed to take. And that could be having a relationship with someone and it could not be, but it's whatever the full expression of who you are is where you feel the most free. And so ideally, if you do end up in a relationship with someone, they are going to add to that feeling, right? And there's sometimes ideas that when we get in a relationship with someone, we have to compromise who we are. And the truth is, yeah, we have to compromise sometimes over what to eat for dinner and what city we do we really want to live in. But we shouldn't have to compromise who we are. Right? We should be able to have a partner who loves us for the full expression of who we are in our worst states, in our good states, right? And it takes finding the right person, of course, and having the tools to build that. But keep that in mind this week that everything about this is helping you find and identify the people who can help you live your purpose more so, who can elevate it, right? It's not completing you, it's elevating you. So with that said, I'm going to check the chat real quick to see if there's any questions or things that I need to uh, see. That card was meant for me today. Yes, Ali, I think so. Um, Tamika says, hi, hello. Um, oh my God, hi, Melissa. Susan, uh, Suzanne, okay, I love to see you all here. And for those of you who maybe didn't join live yesterday, feel free to add in the chat what your why is for being here this week. What is it, the, what is the motivating reason that you showed up to this call, that you said yes to this challenge? What is the reason that you want to be here and that you want to find that real connective love? So we shared that yesterday for the people who are here, but I know we have some new people today. I think it's so powerful to put that out into the universe. So with that said, I'm going to share my screen here. Uh, let's see, wait, that's the wrong thing. Today has been a little iffy already with technical stuff. So I'm just hoping that it's all passed and the technical stuff will, will be good. All right. Here we go. All right. I see some of you putting your purpose in the chat. I can't see it right now, but I hope it feels good to put it out there and I will get to it. All right. And I'm going to present. And I love, I love, love, love. I get so passionate about what we're talking about today. And I'm going to try to not speak everything that comes to my mind, because as you know, I can go on about this stuff because I get so excited about it. So again, we're here for day two of Manifest Love on the apps. And so quick recap of yesterday. We talked about the real reason you're attracting unavailable men, what that cycle is, and that that is the cycle we are here to break this week, right? The different kinds of attachment styles and how they affect dating and how they affect the experiences that you've had thus far and how understanding them are going to affect the experiences you have going forward. And as my clients can tell you, when you start to see this stuff and understand it, it's like you can't unsee it, right? We have those attachment glasses on, suddenly people and the world make more sense and you just cannot unsee it. And it's an amazing transformative thing because your life starts to change and your relationships from inside out. And why the key to breaking this cycle is becoming more secure yourself because it leads to, right, dating either more secure men or becoming secure enough with yourself that you can inspire the less secure men to step up and meet you where you are, right? Rather than waiting for the insecure men to be ready for you who will never be, right? So today's agenda is we're going to talk about the four common mistakes you're making on your dating app profile. And I see these a lot. I have a lot of mistakes I see on dating profiles. And when I say the word mistake, what I really mean is that these things actually are magnetizing the unavailable men to your profile or making it more likely for them to reach out versus 
attracting the secure men who are the ones we want to take note of our profile. And so we're going to see that shift. And I started with four because I wanted to give you a good amount to really get through. But I also don't want to overwhelm you because there's a, a lot of mistakes I see, but even more so, there's a lot of things I could tell you to add. And that's what the mini profile assessment calls for. So for us to get deeper into that. So if you haven't booked yours yet, it's 15 minutes, we can drop the link again. And then how to shift into a more secure attachment style. Like, okay, that's the answer to all this. How do we do that? What does that really look like? Um, and then at the end, if anyone has questions, you can always stay and I will answer them in the Love Lab Q&A. So to really kind of paint a picture of what it looks like to become more secure and what being insecure or how that shows up and affects our relationships, I wanted you to meet Sarah. So Sarah is the VP of marketing for a lifestyle brand. She's super successful and she has great close friendships in her life. Sarah also happens to have a narcissistic mother who always criticized her. Because of this, she has become an overachiever, a perfectionist, which again, remember our greatest weaknesses are our greatest strength, right? So that's why it's helped her to be so successful in her career, but it's coming from a wound, right? Her wound of always trying to prove that she's enough, right? And as another way of saying it, she has an anxious attachment style, right? And so she can't understand because she doesn't know this about herself, why she's attracting men who only want to hook up and never want to commit to her, right? And so she's finally realized she has this pattern. So she thinks, let me see a therapist, right? And so Sarah does about uh, six months to a year, we'll say about of reflective work with a therapist. And her therapist tells her about her attachment style, and she starts to kind of understand it more and, and, and draw the, you know, connect the dots between what happened in her childhood and the kind of relationships that she's had today, right? And so she's like starting to feel really good, like, okay, I understand this, and I've been alone for like six months to a year, I've lost some weight, I'm feeling great, right? Like, I'm in my power, right? So that's where Sarah is. And of course, because she's in her power, lo and behold, she meets Brett. And Brett is just this guy who she meets on Hinge. She's swiping. She like couldn't believe he swiped back. Super sexy. Like he like is like the like, you know, um, material version, like the real life version of what's the fantasy in her head, right? Like she feels like she just manifested this guy and it, he's great. And they, you know, text back and forth really easily on the apps like it's not boring and um, they have a shared love of yoga and travel and she thinks wow this self-work must really be paying off right and so they go on two dates they go great she feels super confident and excited and then the third date they sleep together which by all you know, dating industry standards uh, is normal, right? Like the three date rule, right? It's like, that's kind of the date where I don't know, you know, let me know in the chat if the, you, you know, kind of abide by this, but that you sleep together on the third date. Like that's a healthy thing to do, right? So up until the time they slept together, he was texting her good morning every single day, right? And then they sleep together and the next day, she doesn't get a good morning text from him. And she's disappointed, but even more than just being disappointed, she's like physically ill, right? Like she cannot focus all day long. She is so nervous because he did not reach out after they just had sex, they just slept together, they just had this intimate thing, it was going so well. And like suddenly there's a shift and he's backing away and she is freaking out inside, right? And so all day goes by and she just like doesn't know if she should be the first one to reach out or not or what she should do. And so finally, she's just like, well, maybe I did something right. Like she starts really getting in her head that she did something that maybe set him off that she doesn't understand. So she's like, maybe I'll ask him. And so she asks him, are you upset with me for about anything? Like he hasn't texted. Maybe he's upset. And he writes back and he says, no, why? Like he's surprised that she thinks he's upset. And she just says, just checking. And then, you know, they start texting back and forth. Things start to feel normal. They're asking about each other's day, continues for a couple more days. They decide that they're going to go out on Saturday, right? And so she's getting excited, yada, yada, yada. 
Saturday comes along and he cancels plans that morning. And he doesn't really explain it. He just says, I'm so sorry, but I have to cancel tonight. I hope you have a good day. And she is just like all that anxiety and like intensity that she felt from the week just has boiled up because she was like holding her breath that she would see him that she was looking forward to seeing him and she just goes off on how rude and da 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 and just gets upset at him right and then he responds and says actually my grandma passed away and um then she's like I'm so sorry da da da, da and he doesn't respond and so she tries calling him and she tries reconnecting, but he is not responding now. So let's debrief. What happened? First off, let me know in the chat if you can relate to any piece of what I just talked about. Maybe pieces of the story, the anxiety, the process, the feelings that maybe Sarah was feeling. I think I was drawing a bit on my own experience probably, but it's also the experience of many of my clients. So what was really going on there, right? So first off, her subconscious wound of not being enough was in control, right? She got triggered when he didn't show up the way that he had normally been because consistency is really important to us. Because remember, the inconsistent parent, the emotionally inconsistent parent is the one who we have the wound with and who we've been triggered by. And again, this doesn't have to be a parent. It could be another form of a caregiver, or sometimes it happens for people like in middle school when they're bullied. So we, we have different core wounds sometimes, right? But the point is, is that it usually happens earlier in life. And so when we get triggered again, when we feel something similar in our nervous system that as when we were initially, when that wound initially formed, right? That nervous, that um, reaction in our nervous system creates a neural pathway. And so then when a similar event happens again, our brain thinks we're in the same kind of danger, right? And so that's how the subconscious wound ends up being in control. And so then when we start reacting from that place of the subconscious wound, right, you're not showing up as your authentic self. Sarah, suddenly it's like, and that feeling, right? That feeling of like, oh my God, like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Um, but all I know is I am feeling this way. And like, I, I need to them to respond to me so I can feel better, right? And the more that they don't do that, the more freaked out you start to feel, right? And out of control. And, and so she was being led by that wound, right? She wasn't leading, she was leading from that fight or flight, you know, survival space, because that's what happening is because love is a basic need, right? Remember that when we feel like one of our basic needs are being threatened, we feel like we're actually in real danger. That's what's happening in your nervous system when you're activated like that. And so you feel, she, you feel like you're in real danger in your body. And so that is the place that a lot of us date from is that fear-based, we've got adrenaline running through us. And sometimes we, we mistake it for excitement, but it's actually stress. And so that was one of the things that was going on with Sarah. She also made assumptions about how he felt. And I'm gonna go into assumptions more on Thursday because that's when I'm really leaning into communication. But this is a really big piece of it too, is she made assumptions about how he felt, filling in the gaps with her insecurities. So the places where she didn't have enough information, right? Like he could have said my grandma passed away and he didn't, which is his lack of effective communication and his space of being emotionally unavailable, right? But rather than ask him, she assumed and she let her core wound guide her actions and filled in the gap with that core wound insecurity, right? Um, she didn't know also what she needed from him in that moment or how to ask for it effectively. And being anxiously attached, what she needed was reassurance. She, you know, when he um, didn't text that morning, it triggered her and she needed him to say, he need, she needed the reach out for her to calm down, right? But she didn't know how to ask for it directly or effectively. So she just assumed he was mad at her because she's used to blaming herself. And, um, and then it comes off as insecure, right? It comes off as, needy, right? When we are coming from that place. Um, she also got attached too fast, right? We know we say that three dates is like makes sense to sleep with someone, but anxious types get attached more quickly. And so maybe a secure person can sleep with someone on a third date. 
And maybe an avoidant person can sleep with someone on a third date. But if you are anxiously attached, or even if you're maybe more fearfully avoidant atta avoidantly attached, you get attached more intensely and more quickly when you do, right? You'll go for a while without feeling like you are interested in anyone. But when you identify someone who you are interested in, your likeliness of getting attached is quicker and more intense. And so when you get attached to someone quickly like that, then you don't know them enough. You haven't built enough of the trust to cope with the intimate feelings that come up because you are more likely to get more triggered earlier on. And, um, and you're more likely to get more triggered when you don't know someone. So that was also activating her as they had just had this intimate night. She was feeling particularly close to him. And then he didn't show up. He didn't text her good morning. Um, and she also had done some of the work to heal, right? But she hadn't learned how to integrate that healing into the context of a relationship. And this is a huge thing that I see. And I love the personal growth space, the self-love space, like though we like that is all so important and necessary. But what I hear a lot from people who I work with who are very much of the like, I want to grow, I want to heal, like I'm interested in the self-work and being the best version of myself. And I know that I have to love myself first before I can love someone else, right? Like that's all true. But I think what a lot of people get wrong is that we think I'm going to go heal and do the self-work so that I can step out and be the better version of myself. And then that's when I'll meet the right person. And there is some truth to that. But the step that's missing is the, the integration piece. And what I mean by that is that healing an attachment wound can't just be done in isolation to heal an attachment wound because it was formed in the context of a relationship has to also be healed in the context of a relationship. Meaning that what happens is I see people who will do all the self-work and then go out and date, and then they don't understand why nothing has changed. Maybe you've done therapy. Maybe you've done something where you think like, I should be better now. That's what I hear a lot. Like I've done all the self-work. I should be past this. I shouldn't be feeling this way anymore. But the problem is, is that you've only done the healing on your own. You haven't learned the second step, which is how to heal in a relationship with someone else. Because ideally, the right relationship for you is going to also be a source of healing. And so that's why understanding who to choose is really important, right? Because we need to choose people who can hold space for us and be a deeper level of healing, right? So I'm going to continue talking about this a lot today, um, but I wanted to explain it in the case of Sarah, because she's a good example of what I see a lot. She essentially wasn't as secure as she thought because she had only done the first piece, which was healing the relationship with herself. She hadn't yet learned how to heal within relationship. And of course, he is likely unavailable as well, which is also triggering and adding to the situation. So the big question that we all have is, if the key to breaking this cycle and attracting the right men is becoming more secure, how do you become more secure, right? That is the question. So studies show that open-mindedness, the ability to self-reflect, paired with a significant relationship leads to a more secure attachment style. Um, and that's to say that we can also shift our attachment style into something more anxious. Like if we were secure and then we're with someone who's super, super avoidant for a long time, we will likely become more anxious. So significant relationships in general impact our attachment style. That's how your attachment was formed in the first place, right? Based on the significant relationship with your parents and then with friends and then with lovers, right? So that piece is important. That's the integration piece, the open-minded piece, the self-reflective piece, the healing, the relationship with yourself piece, that is the healing, right? And so to become more secure is two parts. It's healing the relationship with yourself and taking all that healing and healing within the context of a relationship. Because what you're doing when you do that, that integration piece 
is you are creating a blueprint in your mind for what a secure relationship feels like. And the thing is, is that I don't tell me in the chat if you can relate to this, but when I was single, um, my, I have a lot of people in my life used to tell me this, but I had one friend in particular. So I'm curious if any of you have ever heard this before, but my friends would tell me you deserve so much more. You deserve so much more. And it's like, I was wearing an invisible shield where like mentally I would kind of understand that, like what that meant. Like I could understand that I was probably deserving of more, but like it didn't penetrate my body, right? Like I didn't feel deserving in my body. And I didn't understand that at the time, but that's what was happening. And it's because I had no blueprint in my mind for what it felt to be in a romantic relationship with someone who showed up for me. I had no felt or embodied sense of what that deservingness felt like in my body. And so I couldn't, I couldn't fix it, right? Like, even though in my mind, I understood it, I couldn't fix it in my body. And the only thing that has since fixed that is feeling that sense of security in the relationships with the people already in my life, like my friends and family. And then when I met my husband and I started to shift into being more secure because I now had a felt sense of what that security was. Because the thing is, is that our, you know, like I was talking about yesterday, love is a basic need, right? And so it's a survival need, right? So um, it, the reason we are in relationships and we, you know, I'm going to just name name some things that could be triggering, like when we're called crazy or when we're called needy or you're too much or you're clingy, right? When, when your feelings feel so much bigger in proportion to what's going on, right? Where like, if you're just looking at the situation isolated, it's like, I am freaking out right now over something that should be simple, something that shouldn't be a big deal, right? It doesn't make sense. And that's because it's not logical it's primal. It's a feeling in your body that is guiding you. And so in order to heal it, you have to heal it from an embodied felt space. And that can only truly be done in the context of a relationship, right? So if you want to attract secure men, you have to heal both your own, both on your own and within the context of a relationships. Attachment wounds cannot be healed in isolation. So let's break down what this looks like um, each step, right? In a little more detail. So when I say heal the relationship with yourself, what I'm talking about is committing to understanding your attachment style and being honest with yourself about what you need to feel safe and loved. And so this is why our attachment style is so important to understanding because it literally is a guide that tells you what you on a basic level need to feel safe and valued, right? If you are more avoidant, it means that you need someone who's gonna respect your space and who is not gonna get triggered and upset with you when you need time to process. And if you're more anxious, it means that you need someone who is willing to reassure you and hold space for your feelings when they feel so big, right? And it also means learning coping tools for your anxiety and your avoidance. And so this is a big piece of it because um, a lot of times I get the question, how do I fix my attachment style? As if your attachment style is broken. And I can understand when we say things like insecure, right? Like that doesn't have a very positive con connotation all the time, right? No one wants to say I'm insecure, right? Like that's not a good feeling. Um, but the thing is, is that it's not about fixing it. It's about recognizing it as a part of who you are. It's about um, forgiving yourself for not knowing what you didn't know before now. And it's about accepting like, this is part of who I am and this is what I need. And when you do feel triggered sometimes, which I can promise you, you will, because this is real life. This is not some, you know, get the guy quick scheme that we're talking about here. This is real healing. And in real life, 
you will get triggered again. And again, if your default style, for instance, is anxiety, you will be made to feel anxious again. But the key to becoming secure is to be able to recognize that sooner and be able to manage it, right? And we can't, again, consciousness, we can't manage something we don't understand. We can't have control over something we don't understand. And so when you feel anxious, what you do and what I provide my clients with in my program is the coping tools for dealing with when you feel anxious so that you can come from a more secure space and start to know what that feels like, right? And so things like somatic practices, because again, this is in our nervous system. That's why we did the breathing exercise at the beginning today. That's an example of a coping tool, right? And notice how calm you felt after that, right? So that's a good quick one. But then there's other meditations. I, like I said, I studied Vipassana meditation. So I incorporated that a lot in my understanding of that um, in my program and in my tools that I provide my clients with. Uh, mindfulness in general is a really helpful tool. Um, and that looks like a lot of different things, guided journaling, going on walks, yoga, um, exercise, uh, neuro-linguistic programming. So some of these are a little more general and some of them are a little more like targeted, right? So like the, the breathing we did today, that was a little more targeted to your nervous system, right? Neuro-linguistic programming is about reframing the um, neural pathways in your brain, which again, like remember when we're triggered, we have a neural pathway for that trigger, right? And so um, I, I help you kind of learn how to ground down in your body and use tools of neuro-linguistic programming to recenter yourself and to help rebuild neural pathways in your, in your head. This is also why the hypnosis meditations that I provide, that's what they're doing as well. They're clearing out the limiting beliefs of your neural pathways and replacing them with more empowering beliefs. And so all of these things are coping tools. Um, and, and, and part of them is Part of these, what they all have in common is they're teaching you how to self-soothe and how to self-validate. Because again, if you um, specifically have an anxious or fearful avoidant attachment style, you were taught to go to the other person to feel better. You were taught that you had to be validated and you were worthy when the other person deemed you worthy or wasn't upset at you or said they still loved you, right? Um, and, and that's the fear of the abandonment, right? It's like, if you stop, if you're mad at me or you stop being there or consistent, then that's a, re a reflection of who I am, right? And the goal is to start being able to say like, no, if you get mad at me, that doesn't have, a, that doesn't reflect my worth. If you get mad at me, I'm going to do my best to repair it because I want you in my life but it doesn't invalidate me as a person. I am not wrong. I am not bad. I am not unlovable just because you're mad at me or just because you haven't called me back, right? So it's, it's all of this is part of rebuilding that relationship with yourself. And then shedding light on your shadows and reprogramming your limiting beliefs about what's possible for you. So this is a little bit of what I was talking about with neuro-linguistic programming, with hypnosis, and just with becoming aware, like we did yesterday in the shadow exercise, with, of what your limiting beliefs are, right? How to identify what's true and what is the story in your head that your ego has created to protect you, right? Becoming aware of how you think because our neural pathways are like habits their rituals. And so the thoughts that we create habitually do end up dictating how we feel and how we act and our reality, right? So all of this is learning to heal the relationship with yourself and taking back control so that you are empowered and don't feel like you are in the victim role when you date. Okay. Second step again is integrating, right? So taking all of that and then applying it within a relationship. So whether you're starting to date or whether you're just doing this, I've seen my clients start out just doing this in their life with their parents, with their friends, with their kids. And it's amazing to watch them start to blossom and say like, this is really life-changing. And even though, yes, I'm getting closer to my person, like this is an added amazing benefit of it because I see the qualities in my life, the relationships in my life getting more intimate and better and clearer. 
And so how do you integrate? First, you learn to communicate your feelings and needs effectively. And I underlined and highlight effectively because there is such a difference between what we're going to talk about again on Thursday is destructive communication versus effective communication. And when we talk about destructive communication, we're talking about what Sarah did, right? Where she was a hot mess in the way that she was showing up because she wasn't being honoring what she really needed. She wasn't communicating. And so she didn't communicate in a way that inspired Brett to want to respond, right? So we each have a, a responsibility in the relationship to show up as securely as we can and as with in much integrity and authenticity as we can, right? And so um, that means knowing how to effectively, how to say something in a way that the other person's going to feel heard and be willing to listen, right? And so this is a big piece of learning how to integrate everything you're healing in relationship. And so that can happen again in your life or, and it also happens when you're out dating. And that's how you start to know who's right for you. Um, and, and I'll talk more about that on Thursday. Now, um, the other piece is learning to choose people who can hold space for your feelings and are willing to reciprocate your level of effort, right? So the second piece in integration is not just you taking responsibility for yourself, but also being able to discern who can show up for you, right? Who is willing? And it takes a bit to understand what that looks like, right? It takes sometimes a moment. And so this is a big thing that I do with my clients is, hey, I went on a date on Thursday and he did X, Y, and Z. And I can't tell, like, what do you think? Do you think he's avoidant? Do you think he's anxious? Like he's acting this way and I don't understand. Why is he acting this way? Right. And I help them break down. Well, it sounds like he, maybe he's anxious because he's doing X, Y, and Z. So knowing that this is how you could show up. Why don't you try? I would see, you know, if you could say X, Y, and Z to him, and see what he does, see if he does this thing. And if he doesn't, then we'll know, right? Because you either, depending on how someone responds to you, it either shows you if it makes you feel icky, like, hmm, I'm being honest and they're making me feel bad. I don't know about this, right? And then that's how you stop wasting your time and know sooner and sooner the way someone's showing up. Or you bring something up to them and they're responsive, right? And again, you're taking your responsibility and communicating effectively, right? So then they, respond. And if they respond in a way that's like, oh, that's nice. That's actually pleasantly surprising that you were just so kind and nice to me. And, and I just said how I really felt. And you're, you're like going out of your, you now you're showing up even more than I expected. Maybe you are a good potential partner for me. Right. But it's being able to discern that by effectively communicating with them and being able to know the signs of of their attachment style and understand them on an emotional level, right? Um, and again, in doing this, you are also developing that new embodied felt sense of security, right? You're, which means you are starting to feel it and believe it on a subconscious level. And so what happens is you heal a bit and then you go out in the world and you get you do some experimenting and you you start speaking up a little more and setting boundaries and communicating effectively and you start to get more positive results or positive responses right and so then that and or whatever response you get then you go and you process that a little more and you do a little more healing and then you kind of next time you go out and you do it again and so it's kind of this like very beautiful yin and yang back and forth process of slowly you start showing up and feeling differently and it's because you're able to integrate it and because you're able to believe it on a subconscious level that it lasts and that's why the beautiful thing about attachment is that it's based on science, right? This stuff is heavily researched. In order to be a marriage and family therapist, you have to learn about attachment, right? It's basic human dynamics. And so that's why learning how to date this way will give you results because it's based on human behavior and it's based on things that we can speak to in a logical way. We can predict why someone is going to act a certain way when we understand their attachment style. And because of that, we can understand how to better speak to them, 
when we can understand their attachment style. Do you see how much clarity this brings and why your love life doesn't have to be so hard when you understand this, right? And you have these tools. So how do you apply this on the apps? It starts with the energy that you put out on your profile, right? How securely you show up from the beginning. So that's what we're gonna get into right now. The four common insecure profile mistakes. So let's get through this. So the first one I see a lot is not being honest about what you want, right? Um, you might say things like just looking for something casual or um, talk too much about having fun, right? Or it looks like, this is a big one I see, it's like saying that you are looking for a relationship, right? But then you also say you're also looking for just friends or just chatting, right? I see that a lot. And it's like, that is confusing, right? Because maybe it says to someone who's kind of just looking to have fun or like maybe they want a relationship, but they don't know, right? And they see that you're open to all three. Well, they might swipe on you, right? Thinking that you're open to all three. And I know some people say, well, I think you need to be friends first before you date. And it's like, you do want to build your relationship on the foundation of a friendship because you want it to be solid, right? And you want someone who's going to be your friend for life, right? Um, but that's very different from just being friends with someone, right? Because when we say we want a relationship in a healthy world, we it implies that we also want a friendship, but it also means that we have the expectation that it's going to go somewhere. And we also say it's it's about admitting to yourself, yes, I want that. And yes, that's okay. And um, if you don't want it, that's fine. But I am owning the fact that I want that. And that my need for that is more important than me feeling like you're into me. And, and not denying to yourself what it is you really want and need. And this doesn't mean that you're going to be in a relationship with them tomorrow. Like we're all adults here, right? Like this isn't middle school. We're like, we're boyfriend and girlfriend and we're going to hold hands. And now we're going steady, right? Like that's not how it works anymore, right? Like it's like, I say that, yes, I would like a relationship and this is my intention and this is where I'm going. And I still need to get to know you to know if you are that person, right? But when we put out there that we we either send mixed signals, right? Because we're, we're, um, we're kind of, I know, I know some people will just, it's like, it feels too scary to maybe say, this is exactly what I want. Or I don't want to scare men away by saying truly, this is what I'm looking for. Or I don't want to seem too serious or whatever the thing might be in your head, if this is something you resonate with, it's like, but is it true? Is it authentic to who you are? Because if it's not authentic to who you are, then you're, you're already starting off the relationship on a dishonest foot. And if you want a secure relationship, honesty has got to be there, right? The other thing that's a little bit of a more like kind of silent assassin one is talking about fun the whole time. And the thing is, I know a lot of you are really fun people and you want to have fun in your relationships. And absolutely, you there are ways to infuse that, right, into your profile. However, sometimes I'll see that, but I won't see the straight up saying, I want a relationship, right? And so again, for someone who is maybe not looking for something as serious and they see this person saying how much fun they are, well, they might be more inclined to swipe on you. Again, when they read your profile, because not sure if you've heard this before, but um, I mean, this is really for more for swiping for day tomorrow. We're talking about swiping more, but I learned both through my husband and my brother, who, mind you, are good men, um, that men oftentimes swipe on everyone and then go back and really look at the people who swiped back, who also matched with you. And of course, this depends a little bit on the app you're on, because on Bumble, that wouldn't work this way because women have to reach out, I believe. Um, I'm actually not 100% sure about that. But women, on the other hand, we don't do that. We're much more particular about her, who we're going to swipe on, right? Um, but I just think that's interesting. So, you know, um, anyway, the point is, is that they read your profile sometimes when they go back, 
the good men, we are going to hope, read your profile. So a lot of people tell me that, like, well, guys don't read. They just look at the pictures. Well, the guy that you're going to be with is going to read, right? Like, we want to know that they are reading your profile and you are writing your profile for the secure man because that's who you want to call in, right? So we're going to speak to that guy. And if the, yeah, there are going to be some people who don't want a relationship who are going to trickle in, some people who are less emotionally available who are going to trickle in, but you will get really good at knowing who those people are. And it's still going to have a higher level of the more secure people when you're calling them out, right? So because this attracts unavailable people and you will still get attached, you know, and even when we tell ourselves, I just want something fun. I just want to be casual. It's okay if he doesn't want something serious. Tell me if that's worked for you before, because I don't know, it never worked for me. I always said, oh, no, it's not, I don't need anything serious with this guy. I'm not in a place to date, blah, blah, whatever the case might be. And then you start dating them and then you start sleeping with them. And suddenly it's like, why can't this person be in a relationship with me? I'm in love, right? That's the path we go down. <clears throat> Second one is I see too much focus on interests. So this is like every, a lot of people think, and I do matchmaking again, and this is a big piece. I know that people want people, like you look for people who share common interests because you think it's common ground, right? And absolutely interests, you have to have certain things that you like to do together, period, right? Um, otherwise, what's the point, right? But what happens is that I see people mainly talking about the things you like to do rather than the quality of the relationship you want. And the thing is that the reason that this attracts avoidant types is because avoidant types often, or like people who are more unavailable, they often don't want to talk about emotions. They, they, they can easily talk about ideas and interests, um, but they struggle to talk sometimes about emotions or like to identify themselves in the words of an emotion. So, um, when you focus on interest too much, A, that's one thing you're doing. And B, just because someone shares interests with you doesn't mean they're emotionally compatible with you. And so what the whole point of this, all this strategy is and all these tips that I'm giving you is that yes, you want to meet people who you have all these things with, but the most important thing is that they have emotional compatibility with you. Because if you're not emotionally compatible, it doesn't matter how much you have in common. It doesn't matter how attractive you think they are. If you are not emotionally compatible, that relationship will not last as you can tell from your dating history probably, right? Because that's why you're here. So um, you want to be strategic in how much you talk about interests, right? <clears throat> the other thing I will add, which if any of you have been following me for a while, is that my husband and I on paper, we always were looking for people who have shared our interests and we don't always share the same interests, but we love talking to each other and we love doing things together and we love being together, but I can go do my own thing I like sometimes and he can too, and we're fine with that. So we don't need someone who's our clone. We need someone who's our complement, right? The other thing I see is that there's no clear call to action. And the thing is, you have to think of the apps as a place where um, you're kind of taking people through a funnel, if you will. I don't know how many of you are familiar with business strategy, but it's kind of the same thing, right? It's like, okay, we... Um, they see our profile because, and we've, you know, done X, Y, and Z to like make our profile stand out to them. But then we, how do we call them in, right? And when, so you want to have a clear call to action, right? And so I see this sometimes in the form of like, let's connect or let's grab coffee, right? So you're kind of putting it out there, like, let's move to the next level, right? But the thing is that, that these kinds of call to actions are too generic right? Like not that it's a bad thing to grab coffee, but like, it sounds like you could say that to anybody. It's not personal. And so it doesn't incentivize them to want to reach out because it doesn't feel like you're speaking to them personally, right? So that's another thing that I see a lot of the time. And then lastly, I see a lot of, some people have gotten, I feel like some people are good at this, but I still see this where it's only posting selfies, or only posting photos where you think you look amazing. And don't get me wrong, like you want to put your best foot forward. You want to look good. You want to look attractive. You want to feel good. But the thing is with selfies is sometimes I think that they actually make us look more insecure because they're a very obvious form of like, look at me. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't always seem natural and they don't really show personality. 
right? They don't, you want to think of your profile as giving the, the people who are looking at it a slice of your life, right? Like you have only so much real estate to show them who you are and give them an, a sense of it, right? And so a selfie doesn't really convey that much. It might show that you're attractive, right? And so it's okay to have a couple, you know, one or two or like ones that you know you look really good, but you want them to be a little more natural. And the other thing about selfies is sometimes I feel like they attract to the men who just want to hook up if they're a little too like, um, like maybe they're a little sexual, you know, which like, again, yes, we want to attract those people. We want to feel attractive, but we don't want to be, we don't want to put out the wrong message because the other guy, the, the men who just want to hook up, they are going to like, that is who you're going to magnetize, right? So just being aware of the energy in your photos and especially in your selfies. So again, these are just the first four. I have a whole document of all the different things that I notice and that can be improved. But for the sake of time, we're only focusing on these four. And again, if you have not booked your mini profile assessment call, this is what we'll do. We'll I'll look at your profile with you and we can go in a little more depth with it. So creating a secure profile, here are my top tips for magnetizing the secure guys. And I know we're getting close to time. So I'm really trying to get through this. Um, so as you can imagine, what I've said so far is be authentic, right? Be honest about who you are and what you want, because this gives secure men permission to do the same thing. And I know a lot of you are doing this to a degree, but it can even show up in ways like this is a little, a small one, but like, I remember on my profile, I used to say, um, that The Big Lebowski was my favorite movie because I do find that it's one of my favorite movies. I think it's really funny. You have to watch it like four times to understand it, but um, I do love that movie. And so I'd always say that was my favorite movie. But what the truth was is that I was saying that was my favorite movie because two of my ex-boyfriends had introduced me to that movie and I knew that men liked that movie, right? And so I thought that if I said I liked that movie, they would think I was cool. They would think I was fun. And the truth of the matter is, being honest, as a girl who grew up on rom-coms, When Harry Met Sally is honestly my favorite movie. I can quote it back to front, like it's kind of annoying if you watch it with me. Um, but that's my favorite movie. But I never put that on my profile because I thought that sounded cheesy or I sounded lame or whatever the case may be. Mind you, my husband loves When Harry Met Sally. He loves romantic comedies, right? And when I met him, I had finally put that on my profile. So it's like, and it's such a small thing, but energetically, you knowing that you are honoring yourself by what you put on your profile, right? So just being as true to yourself as you can possibly be. And then you want to call out the secure men, right? You want the secure men to swipe, whether they've swiped on you and then look back or they're, you know, going through and looking, you want them to say, oh, she's talking to me. Or, hey, she would, I think she might like me, right? Because guys get nervous too. They get nervous to approach you. And so anything you can do to make them feel better and more confident about it is great. And so um, you want to speak to secure character traits and some interests, right? You do want to have those interests there also as a point of connection, as a point of conversation, but you wanna to speak to their secure character traits. You want them to say, that's me. So things like, you know, someone who enjoys long conversations or active listening, someone who likes to make plans, right? Like things like that, that you actually want in someone and that are secure character traits and being bold and being honest about it. You know, we wanna reach out to the men who are caretakers right? I put on my profile, I remember saying that um, I'd love a man that can, can cook for me. And if you can make me laugh even better. And I honestly think that was me manifesting my husband because um, I only cook under very specific situations. He actually cooks us dinner every single night. I do the dishes, which I am totally fine with, but I got a man that cooks for me and because he's a caretaker, right? And because those kinds of qualities stood out to him. I also remember saying, um, I used to like attract all these guys that were very like um, alpha males. And I, as kind of an alpha female, didn't work well with them. And I remember I finally put on my profile, um, I am um, 
I, you, I, you need to like strong, independent women with an opinion. And that felt really vulnerable to me and scary because I thought I was going to scare men away, but I called in the right person, right? So calling out the secure men, calling out and being authentic with who you really are, are so important. And then again, you want to create a clear call to action. You don't want it to be fuzzy. You want to funnel them in, right? Um, by giving them something specific to like bite onto, if you will, right? So choosing a good icebreaker can be a really great way to invite meaningful conversation. And in my group, in my in my uh, program, I have a whole list of icebreakers to help you kind of get the conversation started because it's also about being strategic with your icebreaker, right? You could just have a random icebreaker, just kind of, you know, what's your favorite, you know, um, food. I know this is one, one of someone on here. We talked about this on her mini profile assessment the other night. Like, what's your favorite food? It's like, yes, that can start conversation, but is it going to lead to meaningful conversation? Right. And it's hard to have meaning meaningful conversation on the app to begin with at all, but there are things you can do to make it easier. So when you choose an icebreaker, that's something that you would like to talk about also right, that could lead to a conversation that you would actually want to engage in and have something to say, it can make such a difference to the quality of the conversations you end up having, right? And then when you've engaged in the conversation a little, then you can talk about grabbing a coffee, right? People know that's an option. You don't have to put it on your profile for them. If they want to ask you out to coffee or vice versa, like, you know, that's there, right? <clears throat> and then more, most importantly, you want to use your real estate wisely, right? And so this is how you think about it. Like there's only so much space on your dating profile. And I know depending on which app you're on, it might change the kind of real estate at your disposal, which is why I suggest having at least two places that you um, are on, because then you can kind of, you know, they might be similar, but then you have the opportunity to kind of change up how you say and how you, you know, what you say and see if there's a difference in the people who swipe, right? But you want to be strategic. So what I mean is that I often see, again, like we want to show slices of life, right? The time you and your BFF did X, Y, and Z, right? That's going to tell someone so much more about you than a selfie, right? They're going to get a sense of this person who's super important in your life and your relationship to them and the things you like to do together, right? The more, right? A, a picture is a thousand words, but then it's also being strategic with what you share, right? And when you share it, meaning like, again, like not just, I see people repeating the things they like. Like I've seen people say like, I love tacos. And so like on Hinge, like in all the little places she would say like, I love tacos. I love this. And I'm like, look, the guy understands you love tacos. And he might love tacos too, but that doesn't mean you're going to be emotionally compatible. So why don't you keep the taco information over here? And then let's use this other place to say and call in that secure man, right? Or to say things that are going to be more meaningful. You don't need to repeat yourself. You're wasting prime real estate, right? And again, these are just the first four. There are so many more. I have a whole wonderful document of the things you can do to upgrade your profile, to improve it, to call in the secure man. So these are just a taste of the iceberg or tip of the iceberg. So again, book your mini profile assessment call. So uh, the hard work for today, I'm going to tell you what it is, and then I'm going to announce the winner of uh, the hard work from yesterday. I think she's on. I just want to make sure. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, so are you making one of the four common mistakes on your profile? So this is your heart work. Again, there's a thread in the guide section of the Facebook group where we're all commenting throughout the week. So I will make a post for day two, and then I will add it to the guide section. And that's where you can find this. And I'll try to tag everyone who is on this call. Um, but did you identify one of those mistakes on your profile? Are you doing any of these common mistakes? Um, and if you want, what I'll do when I'll make the post, I'll relist them. I'm also gonna provide the slides for tonight. And just so everyone knows, you have your dashboard. You should have the dashboard link. If you don't have it, Guanisha, will you drop the dashboard link in again? Because that's where you'll get all the replays. You'll get, um, you'll have the slides, everything you need. You can book a mini profile assessment call there, et cetera. So, Identify if you're making any of these mistakes and then look honestly at your profile and pick two of my top tips to add if you don't have them there already, okay? And then book your mini profile assessment call to get my personal feedback on your profile and see how can we 
implement this stuff, right? Um, so that all said, I'm going to stop sharing. I'm going to check the chat real quick because it's been going off and I just want to see if there's anything I need to address. Um, we've got our call links, correct about Bumble. I've heard that um, guy friends say the same thing. <laughs> yep. Um, Tamika says, yes, my friends tell me all the time. Okay, strikes the chord. Awesome. Um, Suzanne, okay, so I'm just going to check because I'm managing here both the Zoom and the Facebook. So please bear with me. I'm about to announce the Heartwork winner uh, here. One sec, my friends. Just see where everyone, who who's all with us right now. Uh, okay, amazing, amazing. Okay, so the Heartwork winner who, again, let me show you is winning our wonderful book bundle of Attached, uh, amazing book, Will Change Your Life, really goes into depth with everything I explained yesterday. So we've got Attached, we've got our Set Boundaries, Find Peace book, which boundaries, as we know today, are a huge part of becoming secure. And then The Four-Man Plan, which if you have never read this book, I encourage you to read it. And if you work with me, I definitely encourage you to read it because it's amazing. Um, and this writer shares my birthday, so there's that. Um, but who is winning this book bundle? Suzanne. Suzanne, I believe you are joining us on Facebook right now. But Suzanne has been sharing uh, the heart work. She's the first one to share the heart work this, today. She's the first one on the call yesterday. Um, and Suzanne, I think you've really earned this book bundle. Um, for showing up. So keep it going. Let's connect afterwards for you to give me your um, email or your address. And remember tomorrow I'm giving away my crystal set. So do the heart work tonight and that will enter you in winning the crystal set. And Thursday I'm giving away the amazing moon deck that I've been sharing with you all week. So definitely come for that when we talk about effective communication. Uh, now I'm going to open it up to questions. I know sometimes it feels intimidating to ask questions in this space. Um, so if you want to message me afterwards with questions, that's totally fine. Just know that we benefit, like we all relate to this and we benefit from hearing each other's stories. So um, if you feel comfortable and you have a question, I am happy to answer them here and now. Um, felt and done most of that. I guess I'm kind of curious from you all, like, since you're here, like, what resonated with you most today? Was there anything that, like, I talked about and you were like, you felt read by me? Like, do you know what I mean by that? Like, because I feel like what makes this work so powerful is being able to put, to put words to something that a lot of us have felt our whole lives, but never understood. Right? That's where I felt like this, like, oh, like, oh my God, like that's what's been going on. And I didn't understand that. Um, Leah says, congrats, Sharifa. Thank you. Thank you guys. You guys are all so cute. Yes. Congratulations, Suzanne. Um, yeah. So I'm just curious, is there anything like, what was your aha either today or yesterday? Was there anything that you're just feeling like really resonated with you? Um, Leah, thank you so much for sharing. She says, what resonated with me, not being afraid to say what you want, not downplaying what you want to seem cool. Oh, yes, Leah, I feel that so much. I feel that so, so much wanting to just seem cool or chill or whatever. Bye, Nikki. Bye, Amber. Thank you for coming. And if anyone else has to go, feel free. Like this is the end of the session. It's totally fine. But if you did want to engage a little, that's what we're here for. Um, but yeah, it's true. It's it's the the that can be such a fear fear based feeling, and and that's definitely something that I help and work with people to get over, so that you can speak your truth and and speak up authentically. And it's amazing the shift that happens um, when you start just I don't know speaking authentically and like in an effective way. The transformation that happens. Um, I have one client who it's been so beautiful to watch her have that realization because she was very meek, very meek when we started working together. And um, 
she has she has three grown sons she's like 50 years old um and she was she's been dating a guy who's very unavailable for a while now and I've helped her move on from that relationship and the relationship with her mom has improved the relationship with her dad with her kids with her ex-husband with work like it's so beautiful to see her start speaking up more and more and like coming into herself that she just is like, I feel so powerful now. Um, it's beautiful. Allie says, if I had a nickel for every time I said, huh, a good, huh, or, oh, today, <laughs> I'd probably be really rich right now. Lots resonated. Oh, Allie, I love that. <laughs> That's great. Um, Suzanne says, yippee to winning um, the books. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. I, I know it's a lot. So I'll let you all go and process. If you do decide that you have questions after the fact, let me know. If you just are not sure, like, where do I get the dashboard link? Or, you know, how do I sign up for Lovey the Bot? Lovey, again, is my bot reminder. So if you want to make sure you continue to show up for yourself each day this week, she's on the dashboard also. She'll only send you message reminders for this week. So I promise she won't bug you after today or after this week. But she's nice little reminder um, to, to show up if you, you know, so you don't have to go digging for things. Um, so all that said, everyone, thank you so much for holding space with me today. I find this stuff life-changing. I love teaching it. And I thank you for giving me the opportunity to do it. So I hope it helped. Tomorrow we are talking about swiping. We're talking about how to tell through someone's profile if they're emotionally available, if there's someone you should swipe on, um, and what to do when you do swipe from them. So you're so welcome, everyone. I look forward to seeing you all tomorrow evening at the same time. Have a good one. Bye.